Jonah. A little background from last week. Um, <clears throat> the Lord told Jonah to go to Nineveh. We'll say a little bit more about that in, in just a minute. And Jonah said, I don't want to go to Nineveh. <laughs> and he went 2,500 miles. He got on a boat that was going to uh, off the coast of Spain, uh, what we've known as Gibraltar area. And that's where he was headed. And yet God being sovereign and wanting to get his word out, he says, okay. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> as uh, we looked at scripture last, last uh, week, you know, the sailors were upset and he wasn't. And they s said that, uh, uh, pray to your God and who he is he and why are you here? And he said, well, this all came about because I'm running from the Lord. And they said, really? You know? <laughs> I don't know what they said, but it, <laughs> so he said, how are we going to stop this? He said, throw me overboard, but they didn't want to do that right then. So uh, they tried to row and they weren't getting anywhere. And so they threw him over and it, it's all stopped. And as we talked about, Jonah is one of the three most used uh, children's story along with Noah and and Daniel in the fire in the lion's den, um, and so this great fish, which we've come to know as a whale, I be Bill does you know, uh, the scripture said he's a great fish, and a whale is a fish, so that's that's that, and he, uh, huh? Whale's not a fish. Whale's not a fish. Okay. <laughs> He's a fish to me, so, uh, okay, so uh, anyway, <clears throat> the, the fish, <laughs> whatever it was. <laughs> uh, he was a fisherman that day. He was that day. <clears throat> anyway, um, and then Jonah prayed from the belly of the beast, and, and, uh, and uh, so he spit him up on dry land, and that's where we left him last week, you know, and chapter chapter 2 verse 10 now look at looks look at chapter 3 and uh, I'll read that and we'll talk about it and then we'll look at chapter 4 <clears throat> now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the, the second time saying arise and go to Nineveh that great city and proclaim to it the proclamation which I'm going to tell you so Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three days walk. Then Jonah began to go through the city, one day's walk, and he cried and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Then the people of Nineveh believed in God, and they called a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. When the word reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, laid aside his robe, uh, covered himself with sackcloth and sackcloth and sat on the ashes. He issued a proclamation and said in Nineveh, by decree of the king and his nobles, do not let man, beast, herd, or flock taste a thing. Do not let them drink or, excuse me, eat or drink water. 
Both man and beast shall be covered with sackcloth and let, let men call on God earnestly and each may turn from his wicked ways and from the violence which is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and withdraw his burning anger so that we will not perish. Verse 10, when God saw their deeds, that he turned from their wicked ways, then God relented according concerning his calamity, which he had declared that he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. We don't know how, how long it was between the time that the fish expelled the fish expelled Jonah uh, till he got his act together and he said, I'm going to go back to, to Nineveh. The Lord told him to do, arise and go to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh is mentioned in Scripture 19 times, nine times in the book of Jonah, but it's mentioned, it's mentioned 10 times outside of, of, uh, of Jonah. It's mentioned three times in the New Testament. Uh, Mark, excuse me, Matthew, Luke, and John um, all mention, have one mention of, of Nineveh. If you saw the video that Velta sent, which was very, very, very good. Anybody watch the video? Uh, it's amazing, you know, it's uh, from an archaeology point of view there. Nineveh has been excavated almost in its entirety. Um, well, far as the 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 lay of the land, so to speak. And it's basically nine, eight to nine miles um, around. Um, now, he starts off here and he says, so Jonah rose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord, um, was an exceedingly great city, a three days walk. Now, when you talk in scripture and they talk about uh, a day's walk in scripture, how long is a day's walk in Scripture? Anybody? Sun up to sundown. Any part of the day? <laughs> 20 miles. 20 to 30 miles. 20 to 25 miles a day. Art, is that, that's a pretty good clip. That's a lot of walking. A lot of walking. But that's getting from one place to another. Oh, so you can't apply the 20, 20 uh, days if you said that. That would be a 60 mile if you went around the circumference. But according to what has been, uh, archaeologists have, have, uh, have uh, dug up, or what's the word I'm looking for here? Excavated. <clears throat> uh, and it's shown very good in, in, the, in the little video that, that Velta sent. It's about eight to nine miles around. So this three days walk was probably going in inside and he wasn't just going from one place to get to another what was he doing he was proclaiming he said let's get right with the lord and this is in verse four jonah began to go through the city a one day's walk and he cried out and said yet 40 days and nineveh will be overflown overthrown we don't know how long he did this, but he he went there with the intent of being true to what the Lord had told him to do. He says, this city 
has come up before me. Going back in, to chapter 1, their wickedness has come up before me. And so the Lord wanted to, to get it out. Now, last week we talked about God being sovereign, you know. Um, as Pastor Bobby said, he's the creator of the world and he makes the rules. So he wanted his message out. Jonah was going to thwart that. And he said, no, <laughs> I want you to go to Nineveh. And he went to Nineveh with the, with the story that, that we have, which is, which is amazing. Look at verse 5 and we'll read here. Then the people of Nineveh believed God. We don't know how long Jonah walked through the city, but he walked there preaching, get right with God. And, three, and going through um, there, he says, in 40 days, Nineveh will be overthrown. Then the people of Nineveh believed in God. They called a fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Now, if you've been... In church, any time at all, you you know this term, uh, sackcloth and ashes. Um, what does it mean? Anybody? Morning contrition. Yeah, all those good things. In the it's mentioned sackcloth and ashes or sackcloth is mentioned 42 times in Scripture in the Old Testament. It's mentioned four times in the New Testament. It's mentioned in Matthew, Luke, and twice in Revelation. Um, these in, in, instances of mourning for the dead was sackcloth, but not ashes. But ashes... And sackcloth is mentioned times of national disaster or repenting from sin. And this is what in, he, he said here. He said in sackcloth and ashes. Uh, it's clear that Nineveh's dawning of sackcloth and ashes was not a meaningless show. God saw genuine change. A humble change of heart represented by sackcloth and ashes. And it caused him to relent, not to bring about his plan to destroy him. Very simply, sackcloth and ashes are used as an outward sign of one's inward condition. It was not an act of putting on sackcloth and ashes itself that moved God to intervene but the humility that such an action demonstrated. I don't know what we today, you know, we don't, we don't do that, right? Uh, I, I'm not really sure sackcloth, you know, that brings up connotations of a burlap bag to me. I don't know, but, uh, and ashes, I'd have to go somewhere to find some ashes. Somebody's got a fireplace. But we just don't do that, do we? You know. Humility. How do we show humility? How do we, 
when the Lord gets a hold of me and rings our bell, what, what, what do we do? You know, to humble ourselves, you know, repent. In 40 days, I'm going to destroy this place. And the king got a hold of it. And he proclaimed this fast. Verse 6. When the word reached the king of Nineveh, he arose from his throne, laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat on ashes. He issued a proclamation and said, In Nineveh by decree of the king and his nobles, do not let man, beast, herd, or flock taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. Now that probably would have got my attention <laughs> when I couldn't taste anything. But he says, this is a serious thing. Pastor Bobby's talked about fasting. We've talked about fasting in this class, you know. Uh, it's, it's again, it's something you don't do for show. Uh, you do if the Lord lays it on your heart to uh, abstain from a meal or meals, you know, with the, with the idea that you're going to pray for family, friends, a particular thing, your own condition before the Lord, you know, it's not something we beat our breast on, our, our chest with and says, this is what I'm doing. So fasting is a term that's used today, that we use today. Our Arkansas son in their church, every, every January, they go through a period of fasting. And they, they do it church-wide. Uh, and and it's, uh, it's a time that they've set aside to do this. And their pastor and their leaders lead them in this, in this fast. Uh, Verse 8 says, both man and beast must be covered with sackcloth. Well, that's a trick, you know, to cover all the, the animals that you've got. Let men call on God earnestly that they may turn from his wicked ways and from the violence which is in his hand. So scripture here says, you know, that this is their wickedness. We, we know in verse 2 of, of the book, um, here he says, let each man turn from his wicked ways and from the violence which is in his hands. And then the king had this postscript here, verse 9, who knows, God may turn and will relent and withdraw his burning anger so we will not perish. We will not perish. Well, who knows? He may relent. Turn, if you will, to Daniel. It's over a few, few, few books to Daniel chapter 9. We're just going to read a couple of thing there about Daniel praying Daniel 
and <clears throat> again, it was a it was an earnest thing. Daniel chapter nine. Everybody with me? Mm -hmm. Let's look at uh, begin verse three. So I gave my attention to the Lord God to seek Him by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God with confession and said, Alas, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps His covenant and loving kindness for those who love Him and keep His commandments. We have sinned, committed iniquity, acted wickedly, rebelled, even turning aside from your commandments and ordinances. Moreover, we have not listened to your servants, the prophets who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, and all the people of the land. And he goes on and prays. And look, look down at verse 20 of the same chapter. Now, while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, Israel, and presented my supplications before the Lord my God in behalf of the holy mountain of my God, while I was still speaking in prayer, then the man Gabriel, whom I had seen a vision previously, came to me in my extreme weariness about the time of the evening offering. He gave me instruction and talked with me and said, O oh, Daniel, I have come forth with you insight with understanding. At the beginning of your supplication, the command was issued, and I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed, so give heed to the message and again, understand the vision. In Daniel's case, he was praying, asking the Lord to forgive him of his sin and the sin of his people. And scripture says, when he started praying, Gabriel was dispatched. Go tell him that his prayers have been heard. We don't have that in Jonah, but we know that's exactly what happened because they relented here. Who knows? God may relent and withdraw his burning anger and we, not, we will not perish. And verse 10 says, when God saw their deeds, that they turned from their wicked ways, then God relented concerning the calamity which he had declared he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. 150 years later, he did destroy Nineveh, but we'll see that when we get to Nahum in, in, our, in our little study here. But when you get serious with praying to the Lord about your condition and what you're praying for, when you get serious about it, the Lord hears and he answers. I've got that in my own life. You know, when I got serious about my situation, the Lord answered. 
and sent me to South Carolina. And it's been 35 years ago. But you have to get serious with God, serious with yourself, and ask him to do what only he can do. Now we have a little different slant on Jonah here in chapter 4. Let's look at chapter 4. But it greatly displeased Jonah that he became angry. What displeased him? Verse 10, that God had relented from his calamity. He prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, was this not what I said while I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I went to Tarshish. For I knew that you were gracious and compassionate and slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and one who relents concerning calamity. Therefore, O Lord, please take my life from me, for death is better to me than life. And the Lord said, Do you have any reason to be angry? God told him to go to Nineveh and preach that 40 days they had before God would destroy him. What did Nineveh, what did Jonah want Nineveh, what did Jonah want God to do? Destroy him. He wanted to destroy him. And when he didn't, what did he have? A pity party, a big time pity party. He says, I'm, you know, why am I here? You know, uh, just take my life. It's better. Just take my life. And the Lord said, do you have any reason to be angry? So this 40 day thing, you know, 40 days, I'm going to destroy you. So, Jonah was waiting for the 40 days. Now, what do we know about 40 days in Scripture? Anybody? Jesus fasted. Yeah. The overall principle of 40 days. Testing. 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 40 days means 40 days. That's the way I interpret it anyway. It does seem that God has chosen this number to emphasize a time of trouble, hardship, and testing. Because we, we, have, we have it all the way through Scripture. You know, uh, Moses killed the Egyptian and he spent uh, 40 days and he went, went <laughs> 40 years in the wilderness and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Goliath taught in Saul's army for 40 days and Elijah fled from Jezebel for 40 days and on and on we could go. <clears throat> and so it's, it's all through scripture. God question says this, whether or not the number 40 really has any significance is still a debate. The Bible definitely seems to use 40 to emphasize a spiritual truth, but we must point out that the Bible nowhere specifically assigns any special meaning to the numbers 40. So 40 days is a time of testing and 
far as I'm concerned, it's 40 days. And so Jonah was waiting for the 40 days to happen. Verse 5 of chapter 4. Then Jonah went out from the city, sat east of it. There he made a shelter for himself, sat under it in the shade until he could see what happened to the city. So he said, I'm going to take my lawn chair and go up there and watch and see what happens. <laughs> so he, he, he went up there, you know, these 40 days and see what happened. Verse 6. So the Lord God appointed a plant and it grew up over Jonah to be shade over his head to deliver him from his discomfort. And Jonah was extremely happy about the plant. But God appointed a worm. When dawn came the next day, it attacked the plant and it withered. When the sun came up and God appointed a scorching east wind, sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he became faint, begged with all his soul to die. Death is better than life to me. It's the second pity party that he had. They say that this, uh, scholars, you know, that look at these things, said this was a prob probably a castor bean plant. That it grows as tall as 12 feet, has large uh, uh, leaves, and uh, it's, uh, in this particular case, it was a miracle. Like the whale, it, or fish. Uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a miracle that he had there. But sometimes we see what God's doing. Sometimes we don't. But God's still God. And he's looking out for our interest. And in this particular case, you know, God let the, the bush grow, shaded him. He was tickled to death about it. When the worm killed it, he says, death is better than life to me. Oh, me. Our, our own pity parties. We all have them. If you don't, come see me. <laughs> uh, see. Uh, do you have any reason you know, did you plant the thing? No. Well, you know, if I took it down, you know, that's me. Um, hold your finger there and turn to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus, Genesis, Exodus. Exodus chapter 33. This is a story where Moses was asked God to, to see him. And, uh, and he said, well, you can't see me, but I'll, uh, I'll put you where you can see my glory. Um, chapter 33, let's begin with verse 17. The Lord said to Moses, 
I also will do the thing for which you have spoken, for you have found favor in my sight, and I have known you by name. Then Moses say, I pray, show me your glory. And he said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you, and you will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. As Pastor Bobby said, he's a creator. He made the rules. He can do what he wants to. And just like he told Moses here, he says, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious to and show compassion to whom I shall show compassion. So back to, back to Jonah. The Lord did that very thing. He saw their wicked, they relented from their wicked ways in verse 10 of chapter 3. And he says, I'm going to be compassionate. Verse 9 of chapter 4, And then God said to Jonah, Do you have any good reason to be angry about the plant? He says, I have good reason to be angry, even to death. And the Lord said, You had compassion on the plant, for you did not work, and which you did not cause it to grow, which came up overnight, and perished overnight. He told Jonah, he said, you didn't have anything to do with that plant. He said, I did it for you. You didn't work for it. You didn't cause it to grow. It came up overnight and it left overnight. And then verse 11, should I not have compassion on Nineveh the great city which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know the difference between their right and left hand as well as many animals. I don't know. It looks like that Jonah just stopped. <laughs> I wanted him to say something else, but according to what I read this week, that that 120,000 could be between 300,000 and 600,000 people, depending on how you look at it. Looking at that video that Jim gave us that we felt to sit out, it's modern-day Mosul, which is in Iraq. That's what where Nineveh is today. It's still there, and they unearthed this thing, and it's amazing what archaeologists, show and how archaeology proved one more time that this book is true. It's right on. The message of Jonah is people need to repent of sin and God will forgive people when they repent. God's not a booger man. He wants the best for you. He loves you. 
and he wants the best for you. So sometimes it takes extremes to get our attention and sometimes we have these pity parties that, oh, woe is me, you know. Just like Elijah of old when he had sacrificed and brought fire from heaven in front of the prophets of Baal. And he was running from Jezebel and he said, I'm the only one left. And the Lord showed him. He says, no, there are many, many people that hadn't bowed their knee to Baal. And the same thing is true today. Sometimes we get, you know, what's, what's going to happen in this country? You know, we've had politics in the last couple of days and we shake our head and say, what are we, what's going to happen where we are? The Lord's in control. He knows us. But we need to, we need to seek his face and we need to pray. We need to ask forgiveness for some of the things that are going on in our country. Well, that's all I've got for Jonah.